This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong, and today I'm speaking to Paul Fairweather, co-host of a podcast called The Common Creative that is all about how to incorporate creativity into business practices. He's had a career as an architect, artist, designer, inventor, and property developer as well. And so this allowed him to combine the practical and the creative in his creative leadership coaching Thanks, Christine. You summed it up fairly well, actually. I wonder if I can engage you to be my marketing person. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever summed it up so well myself. Um, yeah, so look, uh, yes, I'm all those things, as you said, and I'm um, co-host of a podcast, The Common Creative, and that uh, has been going for about 18 months now. And it was very interesting because um, it came about as a result of COVID. My co-host is in Sydney, I'm in Brisbane, and we were introduced uh, because we're both creators and we both had a, a daily habit of myself was doing a daily watercolour, uh, Chris Meredith was doing a photograph every day. We've done this now for 18 months and we've never been in the same room. So we never met. Uh, and so it's been uh, really, really interesting to uh, create this thing uh, in two different cities. Mm. How did you guys come up with the idea for the thesis behind The Common Creative? Look, I suppose we both work in that space now about trying to educate businesses about the importance of creativity. Um, it came about the common, you know, the word was just we had this, you know, common common trait. But it was just really what we found in speaking both to you know, CEOs, business owners, but also other sort of creative thinkers or creative thought leaders. They tend to do the work and not get the opportunity to talk about the creativity in a broader sense. And that's one thing that we found um, to be a great opportunity where people go, look, you know, I do this stuff every day, but I don't actually get to talk about it. Mm. Uh, so it's about that opening up the conversation. Right. And like you mentioned, you know, you started up during the pandemic. Uh, before we get going in terms of what you guys talk about, do you guys intend on having any live sessions together soon? It, yes. We're, well, we're hoping so. And we were making some plans and we'll see what happens with uh, Ormacon. <laughs> to see whether those plans change. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting is that over the time, you know, over that period, we we had this sort of focus on an idea, a story, a quote, and a creative challenge. And over the last six months, we found that what was more and more common and very, very strong in most of the things that we talked about with people were this whole idea of an idea and a story. Mm. So we've actually morphed this into a program now, which we're just running as a better program that is ideas and stories that matter. And so it's about taking an idea, how to drill down to that idea to find the depth of it, how to put together a story or connect a personal story to that idea. But lastly, it's how to illustrate, you know, do that in inverted commas, because it's not necessarily about visual. The illustration could be a, uh, a metaphor or a, a, a word picture mm-hmm. um, or, a, or a case study or fact or figures. Mm-hmm. So, um, and with that, we, we were we'd be doing some promos and Chris has put it in his diary to drop up this prison for a day uh, to see if we can get together uh, and and do something together live. We were both a bit scared because we don't know whether we'll like each other in person. We seem to <laughs> like each other when we're in the uh, in the in the box on the screen. 
Mm. Yeah, well, I guess in a way, right, uh, what is interesting about starting a podcast during the pandemic is that, ironically, it has also forced you to get pretty creative yourself. So I think that's, uh, you know, a really uh, fun point. Now, uh, talking about creativity, right, for yourself, uh, you are a creative leadership coach as well. Uh, So tell me a little bit about how you got started in that field, how you got started in coaching. Well, look, it, it started, I suppose, I, I ran a, a large architectural practice for 20 years and we had 50 people in there. And, you know, that's what my role was to a great degree. Um, in, in coming out, I just, you know, in speaking to to people and CEOs, I, I just so often find them often quite successful, you know, at least in their business or the, and or their personal life, but often not very fulfilled. Mm. And for me, it always seemed to be this lacking of uh, creativity about creating something unique or something new. And and my then sort of search to understand how that applies to leadership. You know, leadership is about taking um, people from a point of anxiety to confidence and uncertainty to clarity and from a challenge to a to a vision for a better future. And basically that's also what creativity is all about. Mm-hmm. So in creativity, you have to stay longer in the in the anxious state because you're creating something new. It comes with fear and anxiety. You have to stay longer in the uncertainty to get a creative solution. The old leadership model was like, well, you know, the A-type leader, right, we're going to do it this way, you know, like I'm going this way, who's coming, and without really thinking. Mm. And the same thing for the challenge, you know, you you, you take a challenge and you create a, a better future. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that, you know, the leadership um, model really was supported by this idea of creativity and, and stepping in and staying longer in the unknown. And the difficult thing is that leaders feel they need to show more confidence all the time, and which is like an old paradigm, an old model. And so what I sort of do is I talk to leaders and their people to say, look, it's okay if he doesn't or she doesn't know the answer straight away because if you want to get a creative result, well, then you have to you have to spend more time, which is a different story to the old style of leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And the other point about that is that you can never really innovate if you don't step out of your comfort zone and you don't try things that you don't know, right? So logically, you can't really go anywhere or, I guess, progress if you don't, uh, you know, sort of make mistakes and sort of no, not know things along the way. Correct, correct. And I think that's the other difficult thing is because, you know, leaders are often judged, judged by their successes, but also by their failures. Mm. And so that, that makes it difficult for someone, especially with big corporations, when, you know, it's all about bottom line and, and results and things like that. But I think that it's it's okay to make mistakes when you are trying something new and it's in a positive way. It's mm. not okay to make mistakes because you weren't paying attention. Yeah. You know, that, that there's different ways that mistakes come around mm-hmm. uh, or not engaged in the process. But mm. if they're engaged and, and they're very aware of it, because of another way we sort of look at it is that because we do a lot of the stuff on storytelling, I think of it as, you know, if, if there's three sort of types of scripts, you know, there's a, a story that's scripted. So here are the words, follow this, which is the old style leadership. And then there's on the other end of the spectrum, ad-libbing. So here's a sort of rough script and you can add some stuff. And then the other end of the script, it's improv. Now, you know, some leaders, you know, to be creative, Sometimes they can go to improv, but mostly it's ad-lib. You know, here's a general idea of what we want to do. Mm. You add your bits. Um, But as I said, the old style is here's the script. That's your part. You know, Mm. just shut up and do your work sort of thing, (laughs) Uh, which is the old paradigm, and and that doesn't fly anymore. Yeah. People, employers, you know, when when I was a young architect, I had a few, you know, bosses that said to me when I went to them and said, look, I've got an idea, and they said, 
look, we don't pay you to think, you know, we, we pay you to draw, go back to your drawing board and, and draw what you're told to draw, you know, mm. don't leave the ideas to us. Then now, ironically, more than ever, I think we are being paid to think um, uh, more than anything else. You know, we hear yes, about the yes. importance of, um, I, I guess, what people call soft skills nowadays that are far more valuable to employers than, you know, necessarily the technical or the, uh, I guess, quote unquote, hard skills right now. Right. You are looking for people who are willing to be proactive and take the initiative and come up with, you know, new, interesting ideas. And even if they don't work necessarily, it's always something that you're looking to see what the next big thing could be. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And and also one thing that you brought up that I really love is that creativity cannot exist without collaboration. And, you know, uh, it's that pushing past that barrier of, oh, we've always done things this way. We've always uh, been given top down instructions. Now we need to get everyone involved and see all these different points of view. Um, so to that end, to what extent do you think diversity then plays a part in being creative? Oh, look, I think it's an absolute necessity we had a neuroscientist on our show on the Common Creative called Selena Bartlett. And she's a, from, she's originally from Brisbane, but spent a lot of time in America and does a lot of work on addiction. And she was telling us that there's new studies out that show that, you know, in a group, which is, I suppose, the old think tank or brainstorm, that basically different brains, when, when, I, when they're gener- generating ideas, fire differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so uh, as opposed to, when you're telling a story and there's studies by Yuri Hassan that show that if I tell you a story, then what's happening in your brain is exactly the same as happening in my brain. So I'm actually planning that in your mind. But when you're generating ideas around with a group of people, you've actually got, you know, half a dozen different brains all firing in different parts of your, of your head, mm. which I just think is amazing. I've been binge watching the new uh, Beatles special Get Back, uh, which is uh, about, I think seven hours edited by Peter Jackson, New Zealand director from 57 hours of footage from 50 mm. years ago. Mm. And, and, and I'm just absolutely fascinating to watch these four men sit around this room and the way, you know, and they've been together for 10 years. And whilst there are some tensions, just how, how they, uh, they've all developed into, you know, unique, very different from where they, when they started uh, yet, and it's that sort of diversity of the experiences which makes it a little bit more tense. Mm. But it's just amazing to to see these songs, you know, develop. And so, if there was any uh, example, uh, you know, better example, I can't think of one of watching that creative process with you know diverse diverse minds. Mm-hmm. It's some of that footage from uh, Get Back. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break right now. But after that, I'll continue speaking to Paul all about incorporating creativity into business. So do stay tuned to Raise Your Game here on BFM 89.9. Be free, Malaysians. BFM 89.9, the business station. Listening to Raise Your Game, I'm Christine Wong, and today I have Paul Fairweather on the line. He's the co-host of a podcast called The Common Creative that is all about how to incorporate creativity into business practices. So before the break, we talked a little bit about the inception of The Common Creative, uh, as well as uh, creativity in leadership. Uh, but now I do want to talk a little bit about um, creativity as a concept in general. Uh, what do businesses get wrong about creativity? Um, one thing is... I don't think they understand it. 
that's the first thing. They, they say they want it. They want it, they say they want innovation or mm. creativity, but they're often scared of it. And so, you know, there's, there's sometimes there's a bit of rhetoric. Um, that's one of the things they get, get wrong. The other thing is they don't understand that, you know, it's not something that you can just say, oh, we're going to have a creative workshop and then we're all going to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work that way. It, it's like every, anything that's worthwhile. It takes time. It takes practice. You know, one of the things that I encourage people is to, is to pick up or re-pick up a creative habit because the reality is that if you practice creativity in your own life, then you're much more likely to be able to apply that to creativity in business. And so I encourage businesses to encourage their employees or staff to, you know, to go back to some of their creative habits that they they drop. Because what what happens is that when you know most people around puberty they lose a lot of their creativity because um, I talk about the the three C's of um, conformity, compliance, uh, and another one which I can't think of at the moment. But basically, you know, we lose them mm. uh, because we're, we're expected to um, to conform, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, and it, that becomes the norm. So I think the thing is that, firstly, businesses don't understand how much effort is required. They also uh, have a fear of it and think that if we're going to be creative, we're going to have to throw away all these other things. All these things about compliance and conformity are important because you have to have those to run mm. a successful business. And I talk about, you know, the creativity like a seed and it starts to grow. And we're talking about before making mistakes. You know, when the plant starts to grow, you can't tell whether it's a a good planter or a weed mm-hmm. and you have to nurture, nurture them all until you can determine, oh, that's actually a weed. It's not the tomato plant. Um, so I'll pull that one out. I'll let this other one go. And that whole thing of compliance and conformity is all about building a scaffold for the creativity to work. Right. So it, I, I have a word that I call, that I've coined called pragmativity. And it's the whole idea that, you know, we're on a scale somewhere between the pragma, pragmatic and the crea- creative. Mm. And so uh, I think it's people, you know, businesses often think it's binary. Either you're creative or not creative. And we can't be creative if we've got to do all this other serious work. And they don't realise that the two have to go together. Mm. Um, I think the other mistake businesses make is they think that creativity is relative. You know, that business is more creative than us or that person is really creative. So therefore I'm not creative. So, and you know, it's not relative. Like like most things in life, it's not relative. It's different. Someone, you know, might express their creativity a lot more. And I think that we all have personally have the possibility and the essence within ourselves to be creative. It's just how some people express it better than others. Mm. But it's not relative. And, that, and that's, I think, some of the uh, mistakes businesses make. Mm. Now, my next question is about, I guess, the perception of creativity. Because I think, you know, when you think of which elements of a business require creativity? I think as a general initial thought, you're going to think of like, oh, the marketing team has to be creative, right? But like, well, I don't know how creative the human resources team could be or the finance team could be. So is that a misconception? Like, or, you know, is there a way to incorporate creativity throughout the entire business and not just the parts that you feel need to be creative? Yes, I think it needs to be across the whole of the business. Mm. You know, we all want our accountants to be a bit creative. Uh, our tax department aren't that keen on our accountants being that creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, and I think it's a little bit harder, you know, in some areas and it's probably you get some better or quicker results or mm. returns. So in marketing, you get a clever campaign, very creative, you see the return. With accounting and things, it's, you know, it takes it takes longer, but there's always room for improvement or doing things differently. Mm. You know, I think I think the biggest enemy of creativity 
is status quo. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when um, you know, and I say to people in businesses, if you're trying to get some creative creativity up and running and you're, the response is not how, this is not how we do things around here, that you're on the right track because <laughs> you're getting the pushback and that's where you need the pushback because it's the opposite of that's why we do things around here. Right. And, you know, and accounting and things have a lot of systems, so they have a lot of scaffolding. And if the systems are good, then I think there's opportunities. And when you look at things like, you know, zero or uh, in a square up, mm. these are all things that are in accounting areas, but they've become incredibly, you know, easier to use because of the creativity of a group of people to say, we can make this better and make it easier for the end. And so I think that same thing applies across the board, you know, which, whichever side of the uh, equation you're on. Mm. So if a business wants to begin to be a bit more creative what are some ways they can start to implement that throughout their organization well, well the first is a acknowledgement mm-hmm. that we want to be more creative when i often talk and if i often talk to corporates or sometimes engine engineers instead of use the word creativity i use the word ingenuity mm-hmm. and the, the definition of ingenuity is cleverness inventive and original and i think they're all the parts of creativity and i think that in Australia here, we've always prided ourselves prided ourselves on having ingenuity mm-hmm. you know, and we sort of needed to when we first came to this country. But you look at our, um, you know, in, Indigenous uh, population, uh, they are incredibly ingenious, you know, to survive the way they did. So it sort of is in our DNA. I think over the last few years we've lost it. Um, but often, so if I look at those three things, you know, cleverness, inventive and original, that's the sort of a way, a way to start. Um uh, and I think the other thing is, you know, it, it's got to come from the top. There's a saying which in business, which you probably know, is the fish rots from the head. Um, so if, uh, you know, if the head is off, then the rest of the fish gets, goes off pretty quickly. And this is sort of the reverse thing. But, you know, I found that the, the problem is that unless the, the leader or leaders can embrace the idea of what creativity really is, mm-hmm. then it's not going to go anywhere. You know, they think it's a flash in the pan. They right. think it's, as you say, it's just for the marketing team or it's a team building thing. So I think the first thing is, is an awareness and understanding of what the benefits are, what the challenges are, what the opportunities are to move forward uh, before, before I start. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when, what I do is when I run workshops, I do things like, I just, and this was actually happened one time in an accident. I just put some plasticine in the middle of the table mm-hmm. thinking that well, we might do something with it. And I never got around to it because everyone just picked up some and started playing with it and building little things as we're talking and things. Um, but I do things about, you know, I get people to draw um, and I get them, I show them, you know, how to draw and we do a thing where we where we draw each other and, 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 and sort of getting them out of their comfort zone because so often when a, people, a person picks up a, a, um, a pen or a pencil as like, oh, I can't draw, you know, so it's this whole thing of, you know, this, this belief that we have, you know, mm. drilled in it. It's so basic because, you know, if you do the same exercise with a, uh, a you know, whole year of grade one, you know, they all want to draw. Yeah. They'll just pick up the, the pen uh, and just go, yay, we get to draw. <laughs> yeah. And so we've forgotten, you know, so there's a basic thing. So yeah. I, I often start with drawing because it is a safe, you know, it's safe and you don't have to, you know, show anyone else. I always make them in the end, but, mm. you know, so it's, <laughs> it's really it's really about introducing them, you know, into a, to a safe safe zone. Yeah. But what I find, when I go back to what I said before, is that 
you know, to have a creative culture, you had, need to have creative parts. And so, you know, I think that the, the, the essence is to actually get people to, you know, pick up creative hobbies mm-hmm. um, and encourage that um, in their business, you know, right. whether they start drawing clubs or, um, you know, pottery classes mm-hmm. or whatever, just, just to get people because, you know, we talked before about, you know, creativity is about mis- making mistakes and, you know, it's about fearful. And so if someone's at home and they're throwing a pot and then it's, you know, collapsing and, oh, my God, you know, but at least then they started it and they have the courage to start it and they're more likely to put their hand up in a meeting and say, i got this great idea mm. because they, they've been through that experience. They know that, you know, all the things of why that fear and anxiety is built into them mm-hmm. to save them from the saber-toothed tiger is not going to happen. Uh, and they can, you know, throw a pot or, or a, uh, you know, do a drawing or mm-hmm. put their hand up with an idea and they're not going to get eaten. Yeah, and I think it's also about fostering the environment where they can do that as well right where you know you can't say oh we're going to be creative but then when people come to you with ideas you shoot them down immediately right or you can't say oh let's uh let's encourage our employees to uh start doing creative hobbies but then you bug them at 10 p.m at night with an email that it's really urgent they've got to get to immediately and they don't have time to you know sit down and 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 experiment with pottery right you've got to actually um i guess walk the talk in terms of giving your employees the space to be creative as well correct Correct. So, so what I do after I start that, what I suggest that businesses do is they look at their current systems and processes mm-hmm. because generally, you know, systems and processes follow a similar process to creativity. So I did some work with a, a well-known coffee brand in Australia and so they wanted to build a creative culture and a culture of innovation. So I said, okay, let's look how you make coffee. And so they drew actually drew out the stages of you know, plant the plant the bean, grow the tree, pick the bean, you know, the whole way. But as they go through and, and selecting and roasting and, and then reselecting and blending, it's all the same things for ideas. So so you know they understood that process so well. Mm-hmm. And so I got them to explain that process. And then we said, well how does that relate to a creative a process creativity? And they could see it was very similar. You know, they have a select blend and they blend two things together to get a different aroma, which is all about putting two different things together with an idea. And invariably in businesses you can find processes and systems they already have that they use for, you know, more pragmatic things, but you can adapt it or adopt it to mm-hmm. say, well, we're doing the same thing, but we're going to do a little bit different here. We're going to come up with something creative instead of the same old result. Basically, yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, going so back to your seed analogy, yeah. it's just giving them a different trellis. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and allowing them, you know, and it's and that, that whole thing of the trellis is it's not like to let it go crazy, a little bit like my um, passion fruit out the back. You know, the idea of the leaders is to train it, you know, well, okay, let's get a little bit out there. Let's pull that back and weave that back in here and that's actually mm. getting too far. That's chop. That's gone. Because uh, we're still going to get enough fruit off this vine. We don't need that bit that's going crazy out there. Uh, but if it's really strong, well, we'll build another trellis and we'll start again. You know, So so that's that's the sort of idea behind it. But the, the whole idea is encouraging people to create, get creative in their, in their own essence, which is about them planting that seed, you know, and then allowing... Uh, you know, the, the, the bed is the, the environment, the opportunities for that seed to, to start to germinate. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to the business to create that scaffold or trellis to allow it to um, um, uh, thrive. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, finally, uh, Paul, where can people find the podcast if they want to tune in and hear more about creativity and business? 
yeah, the podcast is on on Apple and Spotify and all your popular podcast um, providers. Uh, it's called The Common Creative and it uh, is co-hosted by, by myself and Chris Meredith. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for talking to me all about The Common Creative and creativity in business. It's fantastic to be here. Thank you for having me as a guest, Christine. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. I've been speaking to Paul Fairweather, co-host of the podcast, The Common Creative. If you missed any of today's show, you can go ahead and download our podcast. That's available uh, on our app, on our Apple App Store or Google Play. Or you can head over to bfm.my to listen back and download the podcast as well. This is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.